Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Hey, well, that's that's what we're here. That's what we're here to talk about, my friends. And we're, uh, we're doing a Q&A. And we're also here to talk about comedy festivals. So if we could, uh, Joe, you've been on the show before, but could you introduce yourself to the peeps watching live here? I am Joe Lowers. I'm the owner and creator of the World Series of Comedy. Uh, I think that's it. I'm, I'm a comic. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for like 30 years. Uh, hey, kids, it's yeah. about brevity. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> introduction brief. Get to the I, point, I, guys. I, I, that's I, how you hit it. I, I started the festival because I love comics. I love comedy. I love helping comics, and uh, that's what it's about. So I nice. think uh, I think that's all there is. Yeah, I think that's Sweet. what we we talked a lot about yesterday, or last week, and what inspired us to bring you on is because mm -hmm. we ended up talking we talking about festivals and then we kept talking about world series and just how much like networking is done there and like the opportunities that Yoshi and I have both gotten from being a part of it. So we're like, we might as well just bring the guy on himself. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I love, there's a lot of, con uh, a lot of festivals out there and a lot of them are really good. And as long as they are fair and honest and keep doing a good job, then I don't care how many there are. I, you know, just have, get as many as they can and, Give as many opportunities as possible. I'm super anal about the rules. I want everything to be fair and honest and fun, and I keep the rules pretty tight, so I'm able to become friends with a lot of comics, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Lots of networking, uh, everything. Yoshi's been to the main event. You've done, come to a couple satellites. You did the main event once too, Joel. You came out and did a podcast seminar, which was super cool. That's yeah. something that we do at the main. We have uh, seminars, two of them every day for five days a week. So comics who register, even if they don't uh, get selected to be part of the top 101, it's just a ton of networking. And I, I tell comics all the time, if you're registering to win this thing, keep your money. Because it's hard. It's really hard. you got to beat out 500 and some comics to win this thing. It's not easy. It's, it's a tough road. But if you want to register because you want to see where you fall in that scale of comics, where if you can get to perform in some clubs that you have never performed in, Yoshi came out to California. That was like a week and a half ago or something like that, I think. Yeah. She was out there, got to perform in two different clubs. No, just one. One of the clubs. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool. It was great. He did great, and it was fun seeing him perform in a different location. Yeah, it was a good set. I had a good set. I, I was very happy with it. Oh, I was I thought you were a, 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 just watching you grow from last year when I saw you at the punchline. It was really fun to see you uh, get better. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it was a good set. I was happy with it. Very happy with it. Um, and like uh, Joe said, like, I, I think the biggest thing about the festival is really about that network. And, you know, I think we talked about it a lot, Joel, of how 
a lot of the gigs that you are going to get are going to come from other comedians. So if, especially when other comedians, you know, you go through a certain city or you're traveling and you hit up other comedians, like, Hey, is there a show that I can get on? I think that's truly how you get better, uh, is by performing outside of your main city as well. Uh, I think that's definitely like one of those comedy nuggets that I've heard over all the interviews that Joel's been doing as well is like travel outside of your city to see if your comedy works outside of your own town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I mean, there's, uh, Yoshi, you came in and you stayed at Jim's house. Yeah. You didn't yep, even just... been him before. So, I mean, now you know you can go to San Diego, California. You got a place to hang. Even if you want to go out and just go stay just for a little bit. You know, and I and I think we should just give Jim's address and phone number to every comic, whether they know him or not. <laughs> it is a nice house, so I, I just don't think he wants strangers yeah. in there. He's 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 no, he doesn't like people very much. There's a very small <laughs> amount of people that he likes. Yeah, I happen to make the list. But it's fun. Uh, Jason and I. Jason's the VP of the World Series, and. We absolutely love it. I mean, I know I love it when I'm on Facebook and I see a uh, comic busting the balls of another comic about something, and I know that they didn't know each other before the World Series, and they're just having a good time, you know, being smart with each other. But I also know that they've become friends because of this, and that's that's really cool. I mean, it's really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, and I, we got a question. Sandy had asked. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> here <laughs> well if we're talking about our experience in the world series every time i've gone i've booked work and i've met new comedians that i still keep in touch with that cool uh, yeah i've met every every time i've done a world series event i've done i've gotten more out of it than i expected i think after the, the world series was actually the first show i did during the pandemic, like I think during the pandemic, I did like one college and then nothing else. So I was one of the judges at the punchline in Atlanta. So I'm judging yep. comedians on how funny they are. And I haven't been on stage in months. <laughs> and then I'm going up doing like 15. I'm up there flop sweating like, oh, my gosh. But it was good. Yeah. I mean, you still know it's funny. I mean, even if you haven't been on stage, you know, it's funny. Jason. Our VP's never performed comedy, but he's incredible at giving notes and and knowing what clubs and stuff want to see, and that's really what we're working on. We're uh, we want to we try we this festival's about trying to get comics work in comedy clubs. So every time we give yeah. any kind of advice, anything we talk to you about, a lot of times it has nothing to do with necessarily what I think. I mean, I might love it if you go up and swear and go nuts on stage. But I'm probably going to tell you, hey, man, you got to cut that back a little bit if you want to get work in a club as a feature act. Mm -hmm. I love that with it might not be the right work for that. And that's what we try to always help with. What's Sandy's question? Who's Sandy? Sandy Bernstein up in the the Baltimore area. Um, She asked, how can you engage an audience without asking questions? I know not to put that in the submission video, but what about in real life? In real life, like off stage? 
Like just walking around, you just walk up to people because that's weird. Uh, she's like, how do you, how do you start a conversation? What are some good icebreakers? Uh, is she, I don't know. Is she talking off stage or on stage? What do you think? No, 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 no. On, on, stage. Stage. Yeah, on stage. Yeah, on a stage. Yeah, how do you engage an audience without asking? Another questions? way to ask the question is, how do you do crowd work without asking questions? Uh. There's two types of questions to do crowd work. I taught a, a crowd work seminar uh, last year at the main event. I'm going to do it again this year. And crowd work, I would say the majority of comics don't understand what crowd work is. They mm -hmm. think just be, you know, hey, anybody drive here or anybody have a car or, <laughs> you, know, who's you know, how many married couples are out there. That's not crowd work. That's just, uh, asking questions for no reason and that to me is like if we see that in the video we're probably taking points off for it uh i, I it screams to me a new comic or insecure about your material if you're up there and you say hey did anybody drive here that means you have a joke about driving somewhere and you just want the audience to say yeah we drove so you feel comfortable we all know you drove uh, I ask in my show, I do a lot of improv, I ask controlled questions. I know what the answers are that I'm going to get back, or I force the audience to give me the answers I want, or close to it. I've been doing this long enough that I play off of their answers, if it works. So, I mean, there's that's the difference. The questions I'm asking are, I don't know how to, I'm trying to describe, like they're in my joke. They're, uh, I, I, I talk, I ask people what they do for a living a lot in my show, which that's a normal question to ask, but a lot of comics don't go any farther with it. I play off what they said. I had so many people tell me what they do that I have kind of jokes in my head. If they say this, if they say that I do that several times until they have, uh, till I feel like I've pushed it far enough with the audience. And then I say, the reason I ask is because the other day I was doing a show and I asked a woman what she did for uh, a living and she said she was an x-ray technician and I of course asked her the first question that came to my mind what's the weirdest thing you've ever found up someone's ass and then Solid. I asked the audience I go what was it what do you think it was people that that causes people to yell out I know they're going to yell out and I play off of everything that they yell out. If it's something I never heard, then I'm put on a spot to come up with what, you know, what about it? Uh, somebody yelled out toothbrush the other night. I, nobody's ever yelled toothbrush and I kind of made some jokes about that. Somebody yelled out a baby doll head. And then she said it was actually five baby doll heads. And I made up a whole bunch of stuff about that. And then I went into what it was. And, and and I go from there. So I know where they're going to go with each question I ask. I know which route I'm going to take with it. Uh, I did a whole, I don't know what to, what you call them, like a diagram, I guess, where it starts here. And if it goes this way, it's one thing. If it goes this way, it's another. Goes this way, and it all just leads down to where I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm controlling the audience the entire time I'm talking to them where other comics aren't controlling it. Like if you ask a question, hey, anybody drive here? 
and they all know you're still going to tell the joke. Driving here is a dumb one, but I mean, like, you know, anybody married, anybody have any pet owners out there? And I've had people, you know, I've seen it where people yell out, no, there's no pet owners. And then I've seen comics go, well, then this next joke's going to (laughs) suck. Somebody in the audience has a pet, they're just afraid to talk about it. If you want to, if you want to engage them about a pet, say, you know, pick a person. Say you look like a dog owner, sir. Do you own a dog? And if they say no, say, oh, man, you look like you should have a dog. And this is the reasons I think you should have a dog. And pick that one person out. If they say yes, say, what kind of dog is it? And get the, and then just be like, oh, man, I really had you down for a pit bull. And whatever it might be. And just go from there and push. Don't just be general. Like, any dog owners? That's not crowd work. That's just not being about your work. What I love is Sandy's question was how to engage an audience without asking questions. And Joe just listed a bunch of questions to ask the audience (laughs) to get into material. (laughs) She's like, how do you do crowd work without asking? But that's, that's true though. Like, I mean, I don't, I think to do crowd work, you do need to ask questions. I mean, only thing I could think of with how to engage an audience without asking questions is like, give, give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Like, I don't. I don't know well, how. Well, I don't. Think anybody who walks out in the middle of the show as a feature should do give yourself a round of applause. If you send in a video for the World Series of Comedy and it has "give yourselves up, give your up for this" or "round of applause for that," every just know every time you say that you're probably losing a point from one of us, mm. the judges. There's, the host has already done that job. I guess to answer Sandy's question, if you want to engage an audience. Uh, keep going on stage every chance you possibly can and keep building your confidence till it's through the roof. And when as soon as you, if you look at a comic who's confident that walks on the stage, uh, Yoshi, uh, last year, he did great this year, but last year when he walked on stage in Atlanta and that's his home club, the confidence was so, he was cocky, but he never said he didn't. It was beautiful. He didn't say his delivery was cocky. The way he dressed was cocky. Not in a bad way. He just was screaming, I'm very confident, and I don't give a shit if you like me or not. Now, he's down aside. He he doesn't like him. We all want that. But he showed, I'm fine with where I'm at. And that's, that's a great way to engage. Once you let the audience know, I'm comfortable up here, then they're like, Okay, and now you're engaging them. They want think about anywhere you're at. If somebody's a good talker, or somebody says things or looks confident, no matter where you're at, you want to hear them. That's why car salesmen are car salesmen. They're they're good at that. I mean, they may be annoying sitting around a table, but they're good at telling you about cars. <laughs> um, speaking of that, as you talked a little bit about some of the stuff that you've seen on videos uh another question came through can you talk a little bit more about maybe like three to four things that you'd recommend from a submission video that people should do like some tips it's funny i i have five people watching the videos we watch every single video that comes in and we all are looking for you know stage presence originality and overall that's what we're looking for 
but we all have some different things that we look at and then we sometimes go over that like jason and i both hate if a comics is like guys you know what i mean guys okay guys guys i mean there's times we start a guys counter and count how many times they you know watch your how you tell your jokes and if you maybe that's how you talk off stage but sometimes you got to change that or be aware of that uh i'm a big stickler on the mic and the mic stand and not messing if i see a comic leaning on the mic stand uh you're not good enough to lean on the mic stand uh and here's my <laughs> i tell comics all the time if the club owner has to go to Guitar Center on Monday, you're not coming back. Mm -hmm. So don't break the equipment. If you're looking on a mic stand and you break it, those things are, I mean, how many times have you done a show where the mic stand's shit? It's not screwed in tight. It's falling down. It's broken. That's because other comics have fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> bending it. So uh, I've been doing comedy for 30 years. If somebody hands me a mic when I'm walking on stage, I'm like, I don't want to touch it. I, I want it in a stand. So if you're opening up for me and you break the mic stand, guess who's not opening up for me the next time? <laughs> I, I, I don't care how funny you are. I need that mic stand. I want that mic stand. So it may sound trivial. There's, there's so many little things that comics don't think of. They're like, well, I'm funny. That's why I should get hired. Yeah, but if you're funny and you break the equipment, there's other funny guys that don't break the equipment. If you're funny <laughs> and you don't have habits where you're twisting them, just saying things over, you know, like, like, I mean, a lot of comics, they're like, you know what I mean, like, like this, like that. Like, it's like, holy fuck, just take luck out of it. I don't know if I'm supposed to be swearing on here or not. Probably should have asked that first. You're good. <laughs> should people yeah. swear in their submissions? Is that, is that a, is like sure. dirty? We tell comics you're, you're submitting for a uh, feature work. So yeah, you can swear if feature work. When I'm watching a video, if you're swearing for no reason, that could cost you points. But if there's a reason for it, I swear a lot in my show, but I do it, I guess I do it in such a way that I'm pretty likable and people don't, sometimes don't realize that I've had old ladies come up to me and go, you were great. You hardly swore. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you... so yeah, I mean, if, if the joke's good, but I mean, being clean or cleaner as a comic is going to take you farther as a new comic. You're going to, every booker looks at every video and every comic as where can I put that? How will they work Thanks. in my club? Mm. So if you are a clean, cleaner comic, now I can, and you know, you get a hold of me and you're like, hey man, can I come this, in this weekend? And I have a super dirty headliner. I'm like, oh, that'd be perfect, this clean guy. If I have a really dirty headliner or super clean headliner and you're dirty, you, you might not, maybe the dirty headliner says, I don't want somebody dirty in front of me. I want somebody to clean. Or the clean guy definitely doesn't want somebody dirty in front of him. So now you've just limited. There's 52 weeks a year, and there's, that means that's a, that's a, the number of weeks that you can work as a comic. If you limit those that number by being too dirty, you just cut your work time down to less. 
I mean, less than that. I mean, for some of the clubs. Yeah. Maybe you can get your 52 weeks full and some one-nighters and stuff like that. I My show, when I started, I was pretty dirty. And I cleaned it up. Did everything I could to clean up my show, which most comics who know me go, there's no way. Yeah, that's but I cleaned my show I cleaned my show up so I could get work, so I could become a headliner mm. to do whatever the fuck I want. And if you're opening up for me, if you're really dirty, that's fine. But if you're extremely dirty, that means I have to be dirtier. So I'm going to be like, uh, can you not be so dirty? Because I'm and they'll be like, you're dirty. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to push it farther. Mm. Yeah, Dennis totally said working clean is green. <laughs> you said working clean is green. Yep. If Dennis totally knows he had a club that I mean I think he still does, but I mean he, yeah he knows he does the comedy uh, <laughs> stuff. I mean it's great. It's smart. It's and it sucks because I mean I mean it doesn't suck if that's the way you want to be. But I mean if you want to be a dirty comic, sometimes you're like oh well I want to do what I want to do. Well that, that's great. Do what you want to do. Uh, just don't bitch when somebody's getting work at a club and you're not. Know why. Don't think it's, you know, oh, they don't like me or they don't want me. They they may love you. I've had bookers at the comedy, the World Series of Comedy, judging comics going, oh, my God, I love this comic. I don't think I can work them in my club. So because their club doesn't hire that dirty of a comic or something, but they like the show, they just – it's it's about getting work. That's what this is all about. And if you want to get work, sometimes you've got to. I went to uh, art school. That's what I did before I was doing comedy. And I used to have uh, other art students that I was going to school with. They'd be like, I, I I hate this being told what I have to draw. And I go, well, then quit this school and go to a fine art school. And you can draw whatever the fuck you want. But if you're in advertising school, you get a job at an advertising department. And you do what you're told. And then on the weekends, you do fine art. You build something stupid out of nuts and bolts. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's comedy. When you start out, you've got to do – become a good host. If you become a good host, you're invaluable. Yeah. Like, I, when I started uh, – once I realized that most of the shows I was going to be working on were two-man shows and that I was going to be the opening one, I started working on trying to be better at hosting because then I was valuable to the two-man show because, and my show was better and I had more fun because I'd walk out and kind of do a little bit of hosting thing that I'd go into my show and, and then the headliners were like, oh, this guy really got the audience going and stuff. So then they would want to bring me more until I learned that I was having, sometimes I'd have a good show and sometimes it'd be shitty because I was like, I'm the middle act. I'm coming out. It's like, well, there's really no other act. So there's really not a middle act. It's just a two-man show. So when you become a good host, you're going to step above every other comic too. Yeah. What are uh, Keto Carol asked some tips for being a great host? Uh, I taught a seminar on uh, hosting too at the main event one year, and uh, we we almost always have a seminar going on for that. My thing is, and I tell this to any comic who wants to know about hosting is when you walk into a room as a comic and you see an audience sitting there, they're not an audience. They're just a group of individuals sitting at a table, different tables. They're not an audience until the host makes them an audience. 
there and the host's job is you have to make them work together at least three times uh years ago when my wife and i went out to las vegas we went to see uh cirque show uh oh this is before we moved to to vegas and there was probably about two thousand people in the room and as an entertainer i was listening to all these people talking and i was like oh man how are they going to get them all to shut up for the show because they were just mumbling and all you could hear is talking from table to table to table and all of a sudden two guys came out with a big inner tube and they willed it across the stage. But they, they were mic, but you could hardly hear them. And they're fighting. And by the time they got that tube from one side of the stage to the other, you could hear a pin drop in that room. Everyone was listening. And I remember sitting there, and I don't know if anybody else had the same feeling, because they, maybe they weren't a stand-up comedy or whatever, but I remember going, holy shit, they just made the audience a group. We were all doing one thing together. And I went to the blue band group and once again, large audience, we're all talking. I'm talking with the people that I'm with. These people are talking with the people they're with. All of a sudden I hear happy birthday, Joel. And I'm like looking around. I realize there's like a little ticker tape thing across the stage and it's just saying, Hey everybody on the count of three, wish Joel a happy birthday. And then it would count down and then people would yell. And then sooner by the third one, Hey, everybody, wish so-and-so happy anniversary. By the third one, everybody in the audience was going, reading that and yelling. And then the curtain went up and the show started. And I was like, wow, oh, well, that's just, fun. That's real fun. Yeah, so we cool can't, program. we don't have that. We don't have, all we have is give it up for. So I hate if you send a video out to get work as a feature actor with the cheerleading bullshit but as a host mm. you should really have that you should walk out and be like you know give it up for your headliner who's in the back that's not so the headliner can hear it who gives a shit if he hears people fun you know he's here he came all the way in from las vegas give it up for joe Lowers. make him feel welcome give it up for him they, that's one applause give it up for your feature act yoshi he's here from atlanta he's going to kill it for you you know it's going to be great let him hear it that's two applause. Hey, man, I'm your host. I'm going to be up here all night. You might as well just applaud for me. Give it up for that. That's three. At that point, you can maybe, I always look at somebody and be like, can you give it up for this guy's shirt? Uh, you know, and if it's something, what will happen there is if they laugh, that lets you know as a comic, they're probably ready to hear your first joke. As a ho comics want to just do their material, they don't want to host. There's very few comics that you come across going, oh, I love hosting, I want to host. So they go up, they make the announcements, they fly through the shit as quick as possible just so they can get to the material. They tell their first joke and it goes to shit. Then the whole, they start to panic, it goes downhill and, and they walk off feeling like crap and they're like, what happened? What, what, what happened? Well, the audience wasn't ready. They weren't ready to laugh yet. They didn't know that they were supposed to start laughing together. So you throw out a little tester joke, maybe you throw out some other little joke that's that you don't care if they laugh at. If they laugh at it, then you go, all right, now they're ready. And then you can kind of get into it. If they're not, make them applaud for something else. Give it up for the restaurant. Uh, give it up for the food. Give it up for the sign on the wall. You know, find <laughs> something that they're probably gonna laugh at stupid, like they got the sign on the wall. And if they laugh at that dumb thing, like you said, they're probably ready. 
now they're an audience. Now they're ready to work together. And now you have fun. The best hosting is when you walk off and everybody walks by you at the end of the show and tells the other comics how good they did. If that happens, you did your job. It's a shitty job. It sucks. And sometimes you don't get the credit. But if you do a really good job, I've had hosts come up to me and going, oh, that was terrible. I did so bad. And I'm like, look what's happening right now. This comic is killing it. So I know it sucks, but you did your job. They're, the audience was ready for that. So Yeah, your job is basically to just transform them from a, a, a what would you say, an audience to a group? Or from a, a bunch of individuals. Individuals into there, a group. There are a bunch of individuals. Yeah. Yep. So I've seen some hosts just walk up and they just jump right into material like that's it. Like they just start their material at the beginning of this entire show. You got to kind of ease, you know, got to lube it up. Clean, clean yeah, show. Yeah, then when they don't laugh. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Loose lips. Be, that's what happens when you get around Joe. Joe's like, hey, Joe's yeah, rubbing off clean. on me over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I Joe's like, yeah, I, I really think you should do clean, but you know, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I love no, those, but Joe, but I mean, Joe's right though. Like, Whoa, can we copy sorry, that? No, no. Where did you say I was right? Joe's right. Like a yeah, yeah. Let's we'll see what Yoshi's about to say about that. Yeah, yeah. we'll record that and we'll send it to your wife and then just say, just uh, you can put it on repeat. It's a ringtone. Uh, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I think you're, you're right in the sense of just the, like, you can do dirty as long as you're not doing dirty for the sake of doing dirty. Like, I think you bring up a good point about just if you go too dirty, you have to, like, someone else has to kind of go dirtier after you. And if you're featuring, um, I know I featured for someone who does super dirty and they were, um, they were like, Oh, I want clean material. That way I have room to be dirty, but the audience appreciates the clean material because the audience wasn't necessarily there for you. They're there for the headliner. And so I just think comedy clubs think about that when they're putting up their lineup together. And sometimes it will be a headliner that wants that, but sometimes it's the club that has that requirement and the clubs and they know what kind of makes their audience tick as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, they know the club is going to hire someone safe for the middle. Yeah. They don't want a headache. They don't want somebody coming up to them and saying, yeah, that middle guy was. Yeah, they don't just want comedy guards. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want bad Yelp reviews. <laughs> that feature at the club. Well, oh maybe, my god. You know, maybe that maybe the headliner didn't request it, but I mean, I I was I was on the road for a lot of years, and there were so many times where I showed up, and it's funny. I would call my wife the next day, and I'd be talking her head off, and she'd be like, "Oh, you don't like the act you're working with," and I'm like. How do you know? And she goes, because you didn't, must not have talked to them that much. <laughs> talking to me too much. And yeah, and, yeah so I mean, I, I loved it when I, as soon as I got to, that's the other thing too, is if you are a really good, strong feature and headliners start to like you, as soon as I was to the point where I could tell the club, hey, I'd like to bring my opener, I did that. And I always brought one of my friends, somebody who, 
I had two or three guys in Pittsburgh that I always try to take with me because I knew I was going to have a fun week. I knew they were going to do a great job in front of me, but it was going to, not going to be annoying and drive me crazy or anything like that. And we'd have yeah. a fun week. It'd be a good show. And so that's another reason you might want to do it because you, you should, you should always try to find a headliner in your hometown and ask them how you can help them. Can I drive you to a gig? Can I film you? Whatever you might. I had two brand new cars when I started during comedy. I went up to every headliner in the city of Pittsburgh and said, I'll drive you to any gig. You can choose which car you want. If you want to pay me for the gas, you can. If not, I'll eat it. They all did. They all pitched in. And I was featuring on the road in six months. Mm. Should I have been? No. Mm-hmm. But I understood <laughs> business. Yeah, and I got better, and I had some shows where, like, the next time that headliner was going back to the club, and I'd be like, hey, can I come? And they're like, no, nah, they don't want you. Shit. <laughs> oh, I screwed up fast. <laughs> but I, I grew fast. I learned, I learned fast about the business. I, I took, right from the very start, I took comedy as a business, not as uh, my job getting on stage, not performing. Performing is the payoff. Many, many times, every single one of us as comics has done our shows for hundreds or thousands of dollars and also done that exact same show for free. And there's not too many people. In this. Yeah, but so that's how dumb we are as comics. But I mean, it also shows how much we love what we do. But if you look at it as business and say, what can I get out of that free show? What can I use it for? Uh, how can I grow the job comics and not enough comics take the business side of it the way they should. You should be hustling, working hard, not overbearing, not being annoying, but you should be on top of things. And if somebody tells you to email you on a Tuesday, don't email them on Wednesday and then be like, Oh, they didn't hire me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they book them. Yeah. I think if that's they, something you, you know, mentioned they, they in a, yeah, I think you said that in like a previous podcast we did about like just being professional, like on stage is just a very small part of the job. It's like, yeah, being easy to work with, being on time, like all these little things. I think a lot of comics overlook that can actually be the difference between you getting booked more or not. Yeah, I can so see it at the main event. There's some comics that I go, this guy's going to end up getting work and this one's not going to get work. And they're equally funny. It's just one is running around with a, a notebook and jumping on the bookers when they walk into a room, and the other one's just hanging out and shooting the shit with them. These club owners and these bookers are people, and they don't want to be attacked, you know, and don't take things personal. <laughs> so many comics get take it everything personal. They're just like, Oh, he didn't respond to my email. They must hate me. They probably don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so many comments. If I respond to just off pretty much every email I get. That's, but it's my job to do that. You pay the comics who paid for the festival. I feel like I'm somewhat working for them. They're not working for me. I work for them. They, they did my festival. So I try to respond to every email and try to help everybody I can in any way I can. And it takes a ton of my time. Sometimes things get neglected 
other work that I have to do because I have to go through 50 emails in a day. Uh, but bookers don't have to do that. And if they responded to every email that they get from comics, then there'll be no club for you to go work at. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff, they have to pay the bills. They have to make sure the staff is going to be there for that week. They have to book for future weeks. They have to make sure the electric's going to stay on so you have a microphone to talk into. They have to go back to the guitar center and buy a new mic stand because the idiot last week broke the fucking mic stand. It's just a lot of shit going on. And comics think it's all about them. They're like, oh, he didn't respond. They don't want me. They didn't respond because they don't need you right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Big facts. Uh, another question <laughs> here from uh, Jessica Rabbit. Do you have any no, tips? Not Jessica Rabbit. Do you know her? No, Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. Rabbit? <laughs> Rabbit. R-A-B-I-D? I was... <laughs> Joel. Joel. Okay, pause. Rabid? Real quick. <laughs> Do you know who Jessica Rabbit is? Jessica Rabbit? Like rabbit? Yeah. Like rabbit like the, the animal? Like body rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Rabbit. I don't know Jessica Rabbit. Am I supposed to know her? That's... You should. Oh. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Am I about to get canceled? Is this a setup? What's happening? No, it's not a setup, but he made a joke about the name and I I saw it in your face and in your age. You were like, oh, I don't know what the hell this is. On your face, I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's so rabbit. Yeah, just oh. mark it down. Stop looking up on it, you know. Oh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. There what we go. That? What is that? Is that a movie or something? <laughs> <laughs> who framed Roger Rabbit? Gotcha. That's a deep cut. There. Yay! Yeah, you should throw a light bulb over your head. Wee! Ding! It'd be great if we had some cartoons. Well, that was that was your question, actually. Have you heard of me? So we got we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> that was not a question. Yeah, hers was about. Uh, do you have any tips for stage presence slash joke delivery? Stage presence. I think stage presence is uh, just going to come. And I guess joke delivery, that's all going to come with time. Mm. Uh, stay, just get on stage as much as you can. Uh, I remember when I started, there was a comic in Pittsburgh who, and this is before I understood joke writing and, and different things, but I remember watching him and thinking, well, his jokes seem like they should be getting a laugh, but they're not. And I didn't know why. I didn't understand even how to help him. But then I remember like, but he'd go up every week and do the same thing. And, and then all of a sudden, like one week, he went up and it slaughtered. And I was like, holy shit. And, and then he started going good. And it was kind of like it was just from him doing it. And he finally figured out how to be himself on stage and stuff. And I think that's where stage presence comes, just being on stage more and more. The more you're up there, 
the more you'll get comfortable and feel comfortable with the microphone. Uh, I ask comics all the time if they own a mic and a mic stand. And I, I say, do you know any guitarist in a band that, don't, that doesn't own a guitar? <laughs> mic, the, mic, the mic and the mic stand is our tool. And if you, I watch comics shows fall apart because the cord was wrapped around the mic stand or because they couldn't figure out how to take the mic out of the mic stand comfortably. Even if it messes up, if you've done it a million yeah. times, I've comics. Uh, there was a comic in Colorado one year where he went to take the mic out of the mic stand and the whole clip came off. And you, the audience may not have even known that happened. He was so calm and cool about it. He went on with his show. And after the show, I was like, that was beautiful. And he's like, what? And I go, the fact that you did your show and it didn't affect you that the mic stand had messed up. He, he, he didn't let, and then I've watched other people where they were just trying to get it out and then they're fumbling and, and it messes the whole show. I've, I've had, I've seen comics flip out on a host because they said their name wrong and that's why their show went to shit. Really? Uh-huh. Did somebody said their name wrong? <laughs> I mean, learn to deal with that. Just play off it. Who gives a crap how they say yeah. your name? I mean, it's, I, I script names all the time when I'm on stage bringing up the winners and, and Yoshi can, you know, he's heard me probably do it a million times, but <laughs> he does. Uh, it's regular. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, they, the comics are, they're excited. They're coming up because they won, but I mean, so stage presence and delivering your jokes, I think that's just a time thing. Do it as much as you can on stage and you'll get better. You'll start to feel comfortable and all that will start to, happen naturally i mean that's one of the things i love about the world series watching comics register sometimes they don't the, f- the first year they register they don't get selected but they come to the main event and they see the networking they do all that the next year they register maybe they don't make it to the main event but they come to a couple satellites they get involved in some satellites and we get to work with them and try to help them with their jokes and how they're doing on stage and stuff like that and we watch them grow and get better and then all of a sudden the next year they're in the main event and they're doing really well and it's fun to watch comics grow that way someone told me when i started it takes five years before you get comfortable on stage i was like oh that's bullshit it it won't take that long i was young i was cocky i think that person was wrong i think it takes 10 years (laughs) (laughs) so many comics the hearts just dropped I think it now takes, I personally honestly think before you truly start to click all the time, it takes 15, maybe more before, because at, at five, six years in, you're going to have shows where everything's perfect yeah. and you're going to be like, that's it. I know what I'm doing. I got it. And then the next night you're going to go up and eat a bag of dicks. And you'll be like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? I did everything exactly the same. And, yep. and, that, and that comes down to just confidence Pause. and stage right. presence <laughs> and delivering the jokes. Yeah. 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 You'll become a better joke writer too. Like uh, anybody who's on this podcast watching right now, they're watching because of, because of you guys every week going over this stuff. And Joel, you have that. The joke, uh, the word of the day, 
what is it? What do you call that? I love it. I see yeah, it all the right time. ten club. And so, mm-hmm. and so I read them all the time when I see them, and sometimes I'm like, "Oh, that's a good one," and sometimes I'm like, "Ah, it's okay." Mm-hmm. But I see their stuff <laughs> on it. They put they put some work into it, and the fact that they're working on it is just going to make their jokes stronger later on. They're just going to be yeah. stronger at writing a joke, and then the more stage presence you you're going to. And there's going to be natural performers and natural write, better writers. I'm a better performer on stage than I am a writer. And writers, once writers catch up with the performers, they're probably usually always going to blow us away. Like, I had to learn to write better. because I, I was getting work early on because I was high energy and jumping around and acting stupid and making faces. And that worked fine for a little bit. And then all of a sudden people were like, hmm, that's not enough. You have anything really funny to say? And I was like, "Oh shit, I better figure out how to say something funny." Uh... <laughs> Where good writers are writing and telling good jokes right away, but sometimes they're not performing those jokes; they're just telling them. So, yeah. And yeah, when you rehearse, yeah, Zaynova asked, "When like you're rehearsing, do you do it in front of a mirror?" That's why I think you should have a mic and a mic stand so you could rehearse at home and you could take the mic out of the mic stand and feel comfortable with it and put the mic behind you if you're not going to use if you don't use the mic stand put it behind you mm-hmm. yeah re- rehearse in front of a mirror and if you have 20 minutes at home you have about six minutes on stage so any comic mm-hmm. who's like I got 20 minutes and like, is that in front of an audience or is that in front of a mirror because yeah. you are gonna <laughs> Usually at the stage, you're going to start talking faster. You're going to forget half the stuff you said. Uh, back to the video stuff. If you want to get picked for the World Series and probably most festivals and work, make sure your video does not have notes in it. Don't take notes on stage. Boom. We see if you walk up on stage with notes and set it down on a thing, you're pretty much done. Boom. I agree. Yeah. I'm annoyed with these kids bringing notes up like, well, what do you want to talk about next? Do you have five minutes at an open mic? And they're like, oh, what else is there? Yeah. Well, what else? You, better know what, you better know what else there is. You <laughs> yeah, should be telling And a lot of comics are doing this, too. They take their phone up and they set their – they're like, oh, I had my uh, stopwatch on it. Well, we don't know that when you're watching a video. So to me, it looks like you're looking at notes. And if that's what it looks like to me, that's what it looks like to a booker. And a booker's like, I'm not hiring some amateur who doesn't know his stuff. Now, I mean, if you're going up to work stuff out at an open mic, yeah, take your piece of paper up, you know, or your phone and look at your stuff. Even at an open mic, if you need to work it out at an open mic. But if you're sending a video out to try to get work, so you don't think they should take it up at an open mic either, Joel? I, I think it's all annoying. I don't. I think they need to learn how to sit in that discomfort of forgetting something and understand how to power through those moments instead of, well, let me go to this paper. They should work on creating well, connection with, with the audience. I agree with that, but what if it's like a brand new joke that you just want to remember, like it's not part of your set, you just, like to me, like, uh, yeah, okay, that's cool. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love your I love the attitude. I like being forced. I think that's great. I take a, a 
I take a clipboard Joe, up. Joe's unforgiving. Joe's unforgiving on notes. He's I, like, new joke, but <laughs> it better be uh, better remember it. to the finish line before you try it. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it though. Like, me and Joe definitely differ. Me and Joe definitely differ on the notes because I'm like, at an open mic that I'm, first of all, I'm not recording an open mic. I, I think I've said this. You can back me up, uh, Joe, if you think this is true. You should not submit an open mic set for the World Series or for a comedy festival. You should submit a showcase set. Yay or nay? Correct. Okay. Yay. You should never. Or nay. Nay. That would be nay then, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Nay. Hey, yes. Man. You should not submit an okay. open mic set. Yes. Don't. Don't send that in. <laughs> if you're a newer comic who wants to register for the festival for because you want to get feedback on your video and you want to learn about your jokes and know what the World Series of Comedy thinks, then yeah, go ahead and do it and submit. It, but only do that if you're planning on coming to the main event and being around the seminars. But know that you're probably not going to get selected because of that. But if you are really wanting to get selected for one of these things, do what Yoshi said and get yourself booked at a showcase somewhere, or try to at least, and do a nice showcase set without notes and without you know saying what's what are we doing next or anything like that, and hit us with a show, a polished the best polished five minutes you possibly can, and give it to us. If you happen to be at the road featuring, pick to me and you know you want to use that video to send out, do the best five you can up front so we don't have to edit it. Mm. Editing videos are, I, I don't care. Some people care if you edit and stuff like that. I don't. If you cut, give us the whole joke. We've had people send us like a commercial. Like, <laughs> they're just highlights of the joke. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's, I mean, you told the setup great, but I don't know what the like. Then you cut to the next thing, and it's like, yeah, and their name shooting across. And also, when you send a video out, there's probably a hundred times where I make a note. There's probably a hundred times where I make a note. It took you 15 seconds before you started to talk. It took 10 seconds before you started to talk, and that to me is annoying. That's enough for a club owner to turn the video off and not hire you. So then when you're going, man, why would they didn't even watch my video? Yeah. Well, they, you know, they went on all the time. Just cut your name across the screen. If you can do graphics or if the host or somebody that's bringing you up said your name, leave that part. Of, and then, it, but if you have a 25 minute uh, scroll onto the stage before you talk, cut that shit out. Because we're watching five minutes. We we got a video one time, and it starts off, and the comic on stage is like, fuck you, and just screaming way worse than I ever said stuff to a woman in the audience. And I'm like, holy shit. And then he goes, all right, let me bring up your first comic. <laughs> That wasn't the comic we were supposed to watch. But everyone he sent that video to 
shut it off. Every booker, every club owner, every manager shut that video off. Because that dude couldn't find a 12-year-old to do some editing for him. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm that's... like, this isn't even the person that we're supposed to be watching. That'd be like having Kanye be your opener. That's incredible, <laughs> dude. Don't send us a video from the shower. From the shower? Correct. You got that We've before? Gotten it. Oh, yeah. Curtain opens up. <laughs> Have to try and act on stage. <laughs> Somebody sent me a video once from their kitchen. And then they sent me a, an email going, hey, how come I didn't get selected? And I said, well, it's in your kitchen, so we couldn't really give you good points on stage presence. And, it was, you know, we really need to see you on some sort of stage. We're for the festival. We don't care if it's an open mic. We're we're never going to judge anybody. We never look at the background and go, "Oh, they're in a club, so it's got to be better than the guy in the, at the open mic." I don't give a fuck where it's at, as long as it's in front of an audience of some sort that you're standing on a stage. Uh, so the guy says to me, he goes, "Can I send you one from my living room? Would that be better?" And I'm like, "No, I don't think so." He did. He did send one from his Wow. And it was better. No, it wasn't better. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you say it's okay to submit from an open mic if it's like an open mic with like an actual audience and not like all comedians? Like you're fine with that? I don't even – I mean, I won't know it's all comedians if the comic does it right. If he oh, goes up I and does it. we said earlier to not do open mic videos. We're saying no, don't do open mic videos if you're working out new material and taking up notes. But if you go to an open, if, if an open mic is the only place you have and you go up to the uh, thing, here's, here's the other thing comics do is they'll show up at an open mic or they'll show up somewhere and the club will be like, or that person will be like, hey, can you do 10? And they'll be like, yeah, I'll do 10. But they really only need five for this video. So you should be showing up at every open mic you can. As soon as you decide to register for any festival, not just ours, find out how long the video should be. Then go to every open mic, every club that you can get a guest spot on. And if they offer you more time, say, you know what? I really just want the five. Can I just do the five? And go up and do the tight five. Don't try to get the best 10, five out of that 10, because you're going to save something or something's going to happen at minute seven or eight that you would rather had in that five. So just do five, get a solid five, actually work on the five minutes you're supposed to send in. There's so many comics that don't get in and then they go, Oh, I didn't really think the video made had that big of a deal. It's like, how you think we're just randomly picking names out of a hat. I don't know who you are. We watch the videos we pick from the video. That's all we have to go on. Work on your video. Work on your five-minute set. Like, it'll just make you better for everything. That way, if you get the opportunity and you're driving through a town and you stop at this A-room club you'd like to work in, and they go, and 90% of the time, they're going to be like, uh, all right, you can have five minutes. 
Well, if you haven't worked on your five and you don't have a strong, you might have a strong five, but it's mixed in with 15 other things. Then you're fumbling around in the back of the room trying to write down how can I, what can I do here to make this work? And you go up and you, maybe you kill it or maybe you shit the bed and you don't get to work at that club ever again. If you have that strong five that you worked on and you show up at a club anywhere, you walk up and kill it, they're going to be like, well, fuck, if they can do this at five, what are they going to do at 25? Yeah, I'll hire you. Mm -hmm. Practice. Practice says set. Yeah, John John Lou said, uh, wanted to chime in. I submitted to the World Series of Comedy. wanted to thank Joe and his team for the work they put in getting excellent notes back to us. The feedback is indeed amazing. That is, uh, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you you, you I mean, referenced it earlier. The three things. What are the three things you uh, review a set on? What are the three criteria? Stage presence, originality, and overall. Overall is like what the judge did. I like it. It wasn't good. The whole thing. Stage presence is what it is, and originality is like it. You know, one year every comic that was submitting, not every, but. Like every other one had a dollar store joke. As soon as it started, we were all, uh, and in my mind, I'm always like, when that starts, I'm like, it better be the best fucking dollar store joke I've ever heard. <laughs> and they're usually not. There's different subjects. It seems like every year that somebody, they get on and, and uh, just, yeah. So, I mean, we really work hard with the notes and, and, Sometimes comics get mad. They're like, I need my notes. It's like, you're not the only one asking for them. We're, you know, I have one guy, uh, Dan Fritchie, who used to be one of my hosts, but his sole job for the festival is to manage videos. When they come in, uh, when it's new videos, changes, to uh, he has to contact all the people for notes. He's bugging all the, my video viewers for notes constantly, saying, this, I need them all done by this date. That's his job. He does it every day. He works on it every day, just taking care of the video submissions and stuff like that for comics. So we try hard. I, I, I always feel like if you're going to, if I'm going to ask you to pay for this festival, and I know the majority of the comics who are paying for this festival, I, I don't know if it's the majority, I guess it would be, are not going to get selected for the satellites. It's hard. It's hard to get selected for all of them. Uh, I want them to get something out of it. I want them to grow. I don't want to just take, I had a comic one year who, this is early, early on. He registered, uh, paid the money, didn't ask for notes, never changed his video, never did anything. He was the last comic, the very bot, you know, on the list, but he never, he never came to the main event. The next year registered, submitted the same video, never did anything, never, I told my wife, I go, on the third year, I said, if he registers again, I'm sending him back his money. Hmm. And she's like, why? I don't want, I go, I don't want him just to register for this festival and then not get anything out of it. That's stupid. I mean, maybe he has enough money to do that, but that's not what I see this festival for. If you pay the money to register, I want you to get something out of it. So the notes which we've had a lot of comics tell us the notes alone are worth it. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what uh, John said. Yeah, the notes are worth it. 
what if what if they only have a three minute set? Odds was asking if the open mic only allows three minutes. Do you accept those? Uh, my advice would be go to that open mic twice and do three different minutes. Put it together. Send us the edited version. There you go. So one week and do three. Go the next. Uh, if you have to submit, one of the first thing, one of, one of my other big notes is you only submitted a two-minute video. You only submitted a three-minute video. You're, you've hurt your chances of getting selected. Know that we're watching the five minutes. So if you submit a three, there was one comic one year who submitted a three-minute video who won this festival. And uh, that was Ty Rivera. And he killed it. His three minutes was so incredible that he didn't need any more. Most comics aren't going to have that. They're going to, you know, they're gonna, the five is really nice. So you're being judged. Just know you're being judged against other. You can submit a three minute. I guess the simple answer is, yeah, you can submit it. Just know that you're lose. You're being judged against every other comic who submitted five. So would you? Is there, we're seeing two more minutes of someone else, and that could cause that other person to get one point more than you which means could mean the difference of you getting in or not getting in so nice well uh we've been going about an hour here i think this could be a good question to start landing the plane on of this is from six light dash of what is the best comedy advice you've received uh wow that's a hard one i don't know I uh, I remember uh, years ago. I, I, there's a couple comments, but there, I, I I went out as a feature act, and I was doing my show, and uh, my jokes weren't working that well, and I started ripping on the the jokes and getting laughs. So I started doing that more. It was just like I didn't care. Like I just wanted laughs. And when I came off, the headliner said to me, "He's like." Uh, you have some really funny stuff. Stop giving up on it so fast and deliver with confidence. Like stand there for a second and let them realize the joke's over mm. and stuff. And that, that really helped me because I, uh, I realized now I still have some jokes if it doesn't work or I purposely write it so I can go off on a tangent about something messing up or rip on somebody about it. But it, that really opened my eyes to just letting the audience know the jokes over and standing there with confidence saying, I know it's funny. You should be laughing there. And sometimes that causes them to, to start laughing. Also one other time I went up on stage and uh, somebody heckled me. This is very early on in my career. And I used to wear a bowling shirt. I still do when I go on stage, when I head on, I wear a bowling shirt, bowling shoes, and I look silly. I purposely want to look, goofy and silly on stage. Somebody heckled me and I tore that person apart, like just crushed them. I was so proud of what I had done. Like this person had nothing left. And I walked off stage and the headliner said to me, he goes, what the fuck was that? And I go, well, he said something, so I had to shut him up. And he goes, look at you. He goes, you look like a silly fool. You can't be that mean. And I was like, 
oh, I've never even thought about how I look and mm. how I praying myself. So from that point on, even to this day, when before I go up to headline, I a lot of times in backstage, I'm like silly, 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 I'm reminding myself of how I look. And I'm probably meaner and more brutal now, but I do it in such a fun, silly way that people have come up to me after the show and they're like, I was the asshole the whole show. Thanks, man. Can I come back and uh, bring my cousin and let him be the asshole? Like I call people names, I say, but I do it in a fun way now. So know what you look like on stage and really mm. think about that and know how you come across. And if you don't know, ask other people. Ask friends. What do you? What do I look like? Do I look mean? Do I look happy? I do it all the time with the World Series. I, I comics come off and I go, "Hey, man, you delivered that joke to me." I think I talked to you, Yoshi, about that once, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say uh, one of the things, one of the notes from a couple of years ago when I, before I did the World Series or after the first year is I did like mm -hmm. ask for notes on sort of how I come off on stage. And I think it was important for me to understand how I came off on stage because I haven't heard it from so many different types of bookers, right? And so I was very aware of it and to recognize and address it immediately. So when, you know, when Joel talks about like the way I came out like in Atlanta and sort of, you know, yeah, I probably came off very, very cocky, but I'm kind of cocky as a performer on stage and I just need to recognize that's what I am, but I need to also address it immediately and do my set based off of that, right? Because I think it's just important that that cockiness or whatever that stage presence is, that's your comfort zone. That's kind of just who you are. And sometimes you're not gonna recognize it. Someone else has to be like, hey, you come off in this way, or bookers or your comedian friends. I think that's an important just feedback mechanism. You know, people do that like in executive worlds, right? Like people do that, like you sh every CEO knows how they come off when they're speaking. Every presenter knows how they come off when they talk. Like you should know how you come off or how you look from other people. It's just important like insight. So like, cause if you're, it's almost like if you're like too good looking and you come off like as a guy and you come off and start saying a whole bunch of stuff about being ugly, the audience simply just isn't going to believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same thing yeah, for yeah. women, right? The audience just like if a re really pretty person comes on stage and starts going off about how ugly they are, you're like, eh, we just don't believe it. But if you address it I immediately, like I know... You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things that I think it's important that you understand what you look like overall. Yeah, you know, I had to change it my because I was too beautiful. That actually, <laughs> that actually, that, uh, that reminds me of the, the feedback I got from a headliner was like, yeah, remembering how you come off to the audience because I was trying to be like political and like tell the audience how the world is. And he's like, Dude, he's like, you're like, you have a baby face. You look like their kid. It's a Saturday night at yeah. 10 o'clock. They don't want to hear how the world works from someone that looks like their kid. <laughs> so it's like, just remembering how you come off. Uh, it, it, it really, that really unlocked a lot for me. Understanding how the oh audience God, perceives yes. you. It almost becomes a filter yes. of what your material yeah. is going through. I know both of you guys really well. And I know both of you think about every element of how you look on stage, what you're wearing, everything. 
so many comics don't. And I tell mm. comics, I go, if you're stuck in a rut and your show's just kind of gliding along and you don't know what to do with it, change your shirt. Change your shoes. Yeah. Wear a suit. It's a great idea. Don't wear a suit. Just sometimes just changing something changes the way you personally inside feel, and it could change your mm-hmm. entire show. Talk about wearing a bowling shirt on stage. I did that because I started out as a prop comic, and I had a bowling bag full of shit, and I was wearing bowling shoes, and somebody said to me, hey, you should wear a bowling shirt. And I was like, okay. When I put it on, I, I felt like my show went from here to here just because I felt silly, and I knew I looked the way I did, which gave me the right to get away with some silly stuff. So I, it made me feel more comfortable on stage. So just, yeah, change something. Just think about it. If a comic goes up sloppy, looking like a slob, I don't care if that's if it looks like you thought about it and that's your character. But if you look like you just rolled off the couch and walked on stage and that has nothing to do with it, then I'm like, man, you, you're wasting a whole another level of your comedy by looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people, uh, and we'll link this in uh, the show notes as well. Oh, and Tavis all the way up in Canada was saying he loves world series and wishes he could be on more stuff up in Canada. Oh, that's great. But yeah, where can yeah, people we did, submit uh, and such? The, the world series of comedy.com. Just go there. I would tell any comic before they register, take a, take a little bit of time. There's a lot of information on the website. Click on the links, go around, read all the shit. Make sure it's what you want to do. Make sure you understand what you're spending the money on. And then when they register, and right now, anybody who's listened to this, or whatever signs up, make sure they put down hot breath where they heard it. And we'll, uh, right now, if you register, you get to pick, when you register, you register for the main event. And you can pick one satellite, but we still have uh, uh, six, seven, maybe eight. I'm not sure. I think we have eight satellites left that you can still go to. Uh, if they say they did it, heard it here on Hot Breath, they register. Uh, I'll add all the other satellites for free, so they can oh. have all all the satellites added to their registration. And if you're somebody listening to this who has already registered. And they're like, oh, I want that deal. Just email me. You have my email if you registered, and I'll uh, update your registration for you and give you the opportunity to hopefully maybe get into more satellites if you get that opportunity and get that chance with your video. Uh, World Series of Comedy, theworldseriesofcomedy.com. Check it out. Registration's there. I, uh, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. We need more comics in Atlanta. Punchline coming up. There's a ton of comics in Atlanta. Sign up. Come. Oh, yeah. That's Atlanta, yeah, that's in April, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I saw I'm Yoshi so was the, the headshot. The email for the, the Atlanta one, Yoshi was front and center on there. I was like, oh. Yeah, uh, at McCurdy's. We go to McCurdy's April 12th. Then uh, April 19th through the 22nd is the punchline in Atlanta. Such a great room. Yeah. They're so supportive. Uh, Great if room. you live any, in, anywhere around and you want, that's a good one to come to. Yeah, John Luce yeah, submitted for that one. Crossing my fingers. Nice. Cool. Yeah, so when you register, let them know there's a there's a place where you can say where you heard about the registration. Let them, let them know you heard it from Hot Breath. And um, 
get involved in more satellites for free. Yeah, they don't they don't just do this for anyone, but we we go we go way back. So this is uh well, it's always good we, we can collaborate on stuff. We'll do it for anyone. We do it for anyone. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you guys for watching live. We love you all so yeah. much. In we'll space, where did you hear it from? Uh, everywhere. We just heard it everywhere. That's what you put. No hot breath. Just put everywhere. Just everywhere. Hilarious. We love you, Joe. Appreciate it, brother. Everywhere. Yeah, thanks for your time, Joe. And thanks for everyone for hanging out in the live stream or listening to the podcast afterwards. We do this every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. And, yeah, I would also say if you're ever in the city where uh, – a World Series is going on. I would also suggest just going to the show and also just hanging out with the comics. Mm. The networking at the World Series is so worth it. Um, mm. I've gotten okay. plenty of paid work from hanging out and networking. Yep. Just come by and hang out and meet us and say hi. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see you all next Tuesday. Y'all have a good day. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.